God is good. All the time. It seems like the rapture came out of the earth today. <laughs> They're like enough with Holy Spirit. Oh, what a what a great time this has been uh, to be together and to learn to be family, learn to uh, be with one another. I'm, I'm grateful. Uh, just looking at the kids makes me uh, make, makes me really hopeful for the church. You know, there are many churches that I visit where there are no children and there are no youth, and uh, it, so that's that's a good sign. I I see so many signs of growth, and uh, I just want to commend you to continue and do the things that, that you are doing. Not only are you engaging our folks, uh, you know, our elders, you're engaging uh, in families, you're engaging children, and youth, and, and that's that's wonderful. I want you to continue thinking that way. Uh, it is our final session. Please hold your tears. And, um, <laughs> Um, but we will, and before I, I continue, before I forget, I want to, I, I offered a free, or not a free, but I offered a, a gift to the person that would ask the best question during the week. And by far, we had someone that I, I couldn't really answer her question because she answered something so theological deep that I will not talk to that. Okay. <laughs> uh, why? And so I wanted to say congratulations. This is uh, uh, my uh, a CD that I that I released many years ago called Pastor Daniel and Friends. What I've done for many years is I've gathered my friends. I, I uh, it's an ex musician because I don't really practice uh, music so much anymore. That's one of the regrets in my position. I had the time to be able to do that. Is uh, I, I don't know as much music, but I gather my friends. I have a lot of professional musician friends that I gather, so I call on this drummer and this guitar player and stuff. And that's why the, the concerts that I've done throughout the years they're being called Pastor Dan and Friends. And uh, I, I recorded this CD that kind of helped me process pain. So it's it's a little dark in the beginning because it talks about pain, and nobody wants to talk about pain. And sorrow and depression, you know, we're supposed to be in victory in Jesus Christ all the time. But the fact is, that's not the way that life is. We have times of sorrow, we have times of pain, we have times of joy, and, uh, and we need to be balanced like that. But I just want to give this gift to my sister here. I'm sorry, I don't know your first name. Uh, would you please put your hands together for her? She gave the best What does Paul mean when he talks? How about men being in the head of the, of the wife? And they go, I ain't touching that. Ain't <laughs> <laughs> and of course, you know, we had 10 minutes, so, you know, how can we even answer that in 10 minutes? So, that's the day. God bless you. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, we were talking, we've been talking about, uh, I, I hope you're tired of hearing of, of one, Acts 1 8. Now, can we say that by memory now? You will receive. Uh, when the Holy Spirit comes, and He will be my witness. Where? Then? 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 This should be this should be something that we live by, and I, I'm hoping that you've been challenged this week. Have you felt Have you felt uncomfortable this week? And kind of like, oh, why are you going there? Why are you? You know, don't talk about that. You know, and if you've done that, that's good. You know, the Holy Spirit usually stretches us, right? And I want to tell the band that I, I want to hire the band to come with me. I'm going on tour. <laughs> Actually, am. I'm going on tour next week. San Francisco, Rafael, San Rafael, and Sacramento. So 
Okay. You guys got a gig if you want to, okay? And then I'm, I'm going to be going in September. I'm, I'm having a, a, a ten, uh, 10 city tour in, uh, in Europe for the first time. And I'm going to be going to Barcelona. You guys say that. You know why I'm doing that? Because I'm like, why are you studying? Uh, Spaniards speak, uh, speak with a list. So they don't say casa, they say casa. So it's Barcelona. Never mind, I just wasted the joke. Okay. <laughs> so you're saying, move on to the preaching, please. All right. Well, Samaria is this beautiful place in, in Jerusalem, uh, near Jerusalem, and it's a place. What have we heard about Samaria so far? The Samaritan woman, right? John chapter 4. Jesus has this encounter with this woman. She goes to a well, and that well, uh, what time does she go to the well? Does anybody know? Do you go to the well at noon? I, I wonder. Why do you go there? It's hot, right? In the middle of the desert. Why do you go there at noon? Because nobody else is there, right? You don't want to talk to anyone. I know people like that. They they, they want to go to the supermarket at three in the morning. Because uh, they don't want to run into people. And, and the thing is, uh, we, we understand later on why, but Jesus came to the well at that time and started talking to her. Now, a good rabbi would not spend their time talking to a woman. That was part of the first century. You would not talk to a woman. A rabbi was quoted as saying, you know, if you want to go insane, talk to a woman. But Jesus kind of broke that mold. And he started talking to her and asking her questions. And she's like, why are you talking to me? I'm not Jewish. You're Jewish. You should not be talking to me. And Jesus said, well, you know, I, I want some water. Give me some water. He's actually asking her to serve him something. And, and it's a wonderful interaction. It's the first evangelist, the first female evangelist in the New Testament, other than, and obviously, you know, John was not a female. That's why I'm saying female. John the Baptist was the first one, right? Jesus had his heart for this woman who wanted so much to be happy that she got married more than six times. And Jesus kind of calls her out on it. He goes, go call your husband. And she goes, well, I don't have it. And Jesus goes, well, that's right, you've had six, and the one you with is not your husband. She's like, could this be prophet? You think? <laughs> and then she, she runs and starts telling people about Christ, and people gather in Samaria which was traditionally very, very upset with, with Jerusalem. Do you know what the problem was with Samaritans? They were not fully Jewish. When people were taken out of, do you remember that they were, the, the city, Jerusalem, and a lot of Israel were taken several times to Babylon, to these other places. And then what happened? Jeremiah talks about people staying there and not worrying about coming back to Israel. says, you know, buy the house. Plant the garden. Give your children into marriage. We, you know, receive kids into your into your family, which is not what the Jewish people were. Samaritans were people that were mixed, Babylonian and Jewish blood. So when they came back, they could not find their place in Jerusalem anymore, because they were still children of children of Jacob, but did they not fit in? And they were isolated and they were hated for it. They were actually called dogs. And most of us would be called dogs too, even we were Gentiles. 
very aggressive, very divisive. So in the middle of, of, of Samaria, Jesus goes, you're going to be witnesses in Jerusalem, then you're going to be witnesses in Judea, the bigger picture, right? Well, we like the bigger picture, but we don't necessarily like the tough place. So Samaria, for me, is a place uh, that's difficult to live on purpose. Imagine having a call and said, I believe God is calling you into the toughest part of Chicago, and this where you should find an apartment. Remember that six-block place that I told you about in the south side of Chicago? Let's move there, and let's make a difference. How many of you would be excited to do that? Well, praise God for you, but I'm not going with <laughs> But I did go to South Central LA, and I had no idea that it was going to be so, so difficult. I remember I was giving a, a counseling session to a couple that wanted to get married. We used to meet at this, I should have put some of those pictures up, I just couldn't find them. Uh, in this community center, in the middle of the community center was it is a huge park, it was a community center, and that's where I met at 5 o'clock, I think, with a couple that was getting married. And at 6 o'clock, we started a, a service in Spanish uh, on Saturday. So I am walking to the park, and when I go into the park, there's all these balloons, red balloons, and all these people there, you know, just, you know, in a picnic. Didn't think about it, right? So I, I just walked through, at 5.30, the LAPD kicks in the door, and, and you know, with their guns drawn, saying, let me see your hands. And I'm like, I'm a pastor. <laughs> and, and the couple that was with me, and they took us out, and when I went outside, it was like a, a scene in a picture, like Training Day or, or, or a movie where it, I see all of these people, hundreds of people on their knees are being arrested because this was a picnic for the Bloods in South Central LA. Now, would the police usually do that? No, but this is what happened. They got, they got, <laughs> they got noticed that the, 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 the blue people, the, the Crips, were planning to attack all of them. There were all three sides of the park, and they were going to cause a massacre. So they went in, and they acted on it. And I'm grateful, because I was right in the middle of that. So I lived a block and a half from there, and when I walked home, there was this little uh, fence, and there were people against the fence, and across the fence, and the other side of the fence were my children looking at how these people are getting arrested. And I did not feel safe. And I did not feel called. Well, I felt called, but I did not feel safe in my calling. And there are times when people, you know, if, if you go and always live in the States and you're called to a Latin American country, you're not going to feel so safe there, as beautiful as it might be. With different customs, and, and, and there are people that look at you differently already. So Samaria is that kind of place. You're disliking it's being suspicious already. You dislike the people and have preconceived notions of them. The reason these people are poor, these people, the reason these people are this or that is because of this. Like you know what you're talking about. Unless you live there and you've invested there and you've been a part of that. You see, we want to be the body of Christ, but we all still want to feel comfortable. We still want to feel safe. They don't like your race. Period. I, you know, I, I don't talk a lot about that, but you know, there are people that when they look at me, they don't, you know, I'm not Guatemala, I'm not one of them either, and here I'm not, I'm not one of them either. 
you know, it's like their worship and their politics. And there's and, and there's all these things that make you that make you separate from folks that are different than you. And this is the this is the, the, the huge the, the huge uh, evaluation here. Whether you look at them and you think that they're not worthy of salvation. Any group that you might think that, I can tell you that the Bible tells you that you're wrong. Jesus came and died for the whole world that they may have salvation, right? Can we say John 3 16? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. That doesn't really do anything. Right? But the problem with race and the problem with, with all of the things that we talked about, what separate us, is that we look at some folks that don't believe, that we don't believe are worthy. And that's not Christ-like. Because he came to die for all of us. Being in South Africa was one of the hardest things for my family and for my marriage. Because it was a place of insecurity. It's a place where you have to really believe that the Lord is with you. To tell you a funny story, is I used to live right in front of a, a housing project. Because we could, you know, even though it was South Central, it was very expensive to live there. So I lived in front of a housing project, actually, and there was a group of prostitutes that always hung around there, right? And every time I would go and get out of my house and get in front of the car, the, you know, this group of people would say, Hi, Pastor Daddy! <laughs> And I'm like, man, people are really going to think I'm a really good pastor. <laughs> really bad pastor. <laughs> but it was hilarious because, you know, I would, I would bring groceries or, you know, we, we would have connections with World Vision and would, you know, pass out groceries. And people know who I was. I would walk the streets. I would not feel unsafe. And I remember having a conversation, a confrontation with one of our, uh, one of the big gang members there. We used to have youth groups, and we used to gather youth, and we were right in the same park that I told you about, and we were having a picnic with uh, the, ch the church, just like we are now. But imagine, we're in the middle of, of the picnic, and then, you know, there's a group of, of folks that you know are gang members that stand in the corner, and then I see people starting to pack their, their things, and, and I'm like, oh, the man, where are you going? I'm like, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll see you later. We'll see you in church tomorrow, okay? And people start packing the meeting, and I go, no, don't leave. And I go up to them, and this guy had his gun right in front of his pants. And I go, what are you doing? And when I look at it, I go, man, I was really dumb. But I go, well, what are you doing? He's like, are you the pastor? I go, yeah. I know the, the one that's been taking my, my brother to the tutoring program? Yeah. He goes, thank you. I go, do you realize you're scaring the people? Put that gun away. What's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, oh, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's better, right? You know, so. and I'm like, guys, we're serving the community, man. We're, we're here because we love you, brother and sister. Respect, man. And it was just the grace of God. I could have shot that day. You would have known me, right? But you know what I said afterwards? I didn't just say, go away. I said, did you eat yet? How hard is it, is, is it to have that kind of compassion for those that can harm us, for that cause harm to us? And they came in and they sit down and they ate. I don't know that I would do that again. <laughs> but I did. 
and I think that's totally the Holy Spirit. I'm not sure anything. Some of you are asking, with this story, Danny, I don't know what you're asking us to do about these things. But there are places where God is calling you to be bold with your faith that you may not be responding to. No man's land, a place of hate, a place where you don't belong. I mean, sometimes you want to go where no one knows your name, right? <laughs> you want to go where somebody knows your name. A place of discomfort where you could face prejudice. And by the way, you know, I, I speak English. I, I'm, a, I'm an educated guy. I own a home. I have a car. I mean, I'm, I'm very privileged. I am a privileged person. And when, you know, <laughs> but to, to face some of the things that I, that, that I face sometimes, I, I wonder if I, if I did not have any of these things, how, how more I would be treated. You know, I, I remember uh, being, I was, I was the, the keynote speaker for a banquet in a Palmer house. Anybody been to the Palmer house in Chicago? It's a beautiful place. I was the keynote speaker, by the way. So uh, that day I put on a, uh, we call it smoking thing in, uh, in Spanish, the, the tuxedos, you know, it was not uncomfortable. So I'm, uh, we had a couple of the orphans that y'all talk, tell you about the land. And I was, and I was all over the back. At that time, we didn't have iPads, we had flashcards. Yeah, people, that's pieces of paper you wrote <laughs> And uh, uh, I had flashcards, and I would go through my flashcards, and there was this group of ladies, uh, you know, it was banquet style, right? And it was a, a table, and they were all sitting down, and then one of them said, hey! And I'm like, maybe, yeah, you, come on. And I'm like, oh, maybe they want me to sign their bulletin, or they want to buy a CD. I don't know, right? So I'm, I go, hi. And they're like, it's too cold in here. <laughs> and I'm like, I didn't understand why they were telling me that. <laughs> they're like, oh, they think I work there. Oh, let me see what I can do. They're like, and she didn't get any water. I'm like, I'll be ready. So I went to the back, got one of those pictures of water, got the water, and I sent her. And she goes, thank you. And she put a whole dollar in my pocket. And I'm like, thank you. Then they go, we're going to go on Reverend Dr. Martinez. So as I get up on stage, I see this group of ladies going, what is our waiter going up and down now? <laughs> of course, they went up afterwards and you know they apologized. They said, well, we didn't know, right? But you know, those things happen to me all the time. And, and if you don't take them in stride, by the way, you would be, you would be very bitter. And, and that may not be the case for you, but it may be something else. And we have to just get over those things. A place uh, where it's easy to hate, and, and, and the devil strives and, and he can make you hate. So, that's South Central LA, that's where I used to live, right there in that corner. That is the house. And if this pointer doesn't want to point you everyone there, and I feel like the force is not with me. <laughs> I used to live right there, and across the street was the, was the place for, uh, for housing. And it was one of the five, the five longest and hardest years that I've had in ministry. But you know what I've learned? That my safety is in Jesus Christ. I'd rather be in his hands 
in South Central than nodding his hands in Beverly Hills. I was still going to Beverly Hills. But <laughs> so I kind of went through that. I want to tell you one story, Laura, but that's your story. I love stories. Are you okay? Are you okay with stories? Walter and Kinda, I won't tell you all of this, but Walter and Kinda, we were starting the Church of the Redeemer in this in, in this park that I told you about, right? And we're there. And I'm like, you know, church planter, right? We, we, we passed our flyers, we did all the preparations, and now we're, we're going to start the service in, the, in this community service. So um, as I go out to see, and it's 9.30, I think we're starting the service at 10, uh, to see who's coming, right? We see a couple in the park sleeping under the tree. A couple. Right? And then one of my leaders says, Pastor, are you going to invite them to come? And... The church pastor and they're like, oh, no. They're going to scare the other people away. They're probably going to make it smell very good. This is me now, right? You know, if you have to repent, I repent with you. And, uh, and, and, but then the Holy Spirit kind of punches you right in the kidney, right? <laughs> and I remember how you said that in Spanish. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, how dumb is that? So I went up to them and I woke up. <laughs> and I'm like, like, church! I'm, I'm serious. You think I'm exaggerating? I did not want to wake him up. I wanted, you know, it's a church. We would love to be there. And guess who's front row in the service of the church of David? The first service where we had 125 people. It was Walter and Kinda. They were homeless. She used to sell herself to be able to feed herself and to eat. He used to sell her. And guess what? The church, after a few months, put money together to pay for the deposit of their apartment. And they have not been homeless since. That's the power of the church. And that is one of the things. But you see, I would have never experienced that if I had lived there. And they still call me. Pastor Danny, how are you? I'm like, good. I'm in the bathroom. I can't talk right now. <laughs> they seem to always call it the worst. Time. It's true. It's true. Okay. So I wanted to tell you, right? So the Church of the Redeemer was the multicultural church I planted in San Jose Central, and and, and it was a, it was a wonderful place. Um, you know, we started with 12 people, all from Inner Varsity, which is another culture in itself. I had no idea what Inner Varsity was, and they taught me a lot. They, they confused me a lot, but they taught me a lot. And we ended up with two services, one multicultural in English and one in Spanish. And when I left, after five years, that was my contract, they, were, they had to hire four people to replace me. Two pastors, one in English and one in Spanish, a worship leader and a youth pastor. So, uh, and, and I, I really appreciate that. I didn't kill the church. I'm just glad they survived. To tell you the truth, you know, if you hear me talking about as an expert, oh my God, no, not at all. I, I, I have gone by, walked by faith and not by sight because, man, you know, living in some of those places is, is really difficult. And uh, they have transformed several of the places there. They become community activists. Uh, they, they've done really wonderful things too. In the church was mainly African American, a third of it. So I've been an African American pastor, a Latino for the third, 
and a third of it was Android. Part of that was uh, Asian, and when I went to San Diego, we also had you know Samoans and Filipinos, and it, it was just one of. I mean, by the way, you know the best thing about this is the, is, is the picnics and the spread. Oh my goodness, people know how to cook. Be careful with Samoans, though. They fry everything. <laughs> everything is fried in coconut oil. Don't ask me why. Did you? I was afraid to drink the coke. <laughs> so, when, when we look at church markers as being a Samaria and where we're expanding on, you know, having, giving up the, the people a good worship experience, one that is inclusive. You know, we've for a long time had the, the attitude okay, you come and you join us. You be a part of us rather than what is our community? Where is our community uh, together? How do we worship together? You see, if your Latinos are not dancing in the Sunday service, you're probably not setting a space where they can dance. And if you freak out when someone dances in your church, then you know you, you gotta expand the territory a little bit more, right? You know, I, I go to services where I lose 10, 15 pounds in the service because of the worship. And I go to services where no one raises their hands. Where nobody where nobody kneels down. You know, I understand having a personal having a personal way of worshiping is totally great and fine. But when we're talking about community, we need to make sure that you know if African Americans start coming to your church and they're not screaming, shut up, preacher. We're not giving them the space. So how do we do that, right? And that's something that the church has to figure out. Koinonia, community. Are we really the church? You see, doing camp is a really wonderful thing. Because you get to know people, you need to sit down with people, you get to be in a place where we are all the same, we're staying in the same places. And we become the church because we get to know one another. And of course, service and leadership. Are we serving our community and are we leading our community? Or are we allowing ourselves to be led? And then Jesus also said, after Samaria, after your uncomfortable place, you know, after your difficult place, you are to go to the ends of the world. So we established faith starts with you, right? It's in your relationship with Christ. Bless you. It's also communal. You're also responsible for your church. Am I my brother's keeper? You are. You are but it's also global. You know, when you go on vacation, you should always try to get to church on Sunday. And try to see how people worship. I remember being in Colombia, in, in, in Medellin, actually. And uh, we were right down the hill. Okay? And there, and there were two tents. And uh, I was, it started raining. Because it rains a lot. <laughs> And then water starts pouring down from the hill into our feet. And I'm like, there is an American, oh God, should we move? What's going on, right? And they're like, no, it's fine, it's just got to go through. I'm like, okay. Yeah, I think the band is going to get electrocuted. <laughs> Lord, be very nice. And it was my turn to preach. And they're like, no, just worship harder. Worship harder. I mean, wow. Some, you know, I <laughs> I don't know about you. I've been in churches like I was in uh, preaching in this great church in uh, Houston, Texas, 
tasted very humid. You know, it was like 78 outside, but it was hot. You know, so I go to the pastor, can you turn the air conditioner on? <laughs> I'm like, then I look at myself, I'm like, where was it that the guy that was being, you know, baptized, you know, in the beach, you know, in in, in Medellin, Colombia? And, you know, we, we really, we need, we need to be grateful for what we have, amen? I've been to Faith Covenant. You guys have a nice place. This is where you say amen, hallelujah, all this reconstruction, all of this, beautiful, right? It's, it's worth it, but you know what? It's not for our glory, and it's not necessarily for our comfort. It's for the glory of God. And this has to be part of our, and guess what? Now, you don't even have to go to the ends of the earth to do that. The ends of the earth are coming to you. You gotta be ready. I tell Latinos all the time. You know, you have been the object of mission for a long time. Now you are the missionaries. You're the missionaries in the United States. Because the church without the minority church, listen to this church. The majority church without the minority church is decaying. The covenant church without the hundred and some Latina churches, without the hundred and some African American churches, without the many multicultural and many mono ethnic churches, we would be in decay. But there is a revival coming. And we want all of you to be a part. So you are to be witnesses. Be a witness in your house. So you treat your wife, your husband, your children, your your spy, your your spouse's mother, etc. I share your faith and how you can tell your story. You're an expert in telling your own story and how God has saved you, how God has been with you. But that also goes into your community and your neighbors. And it also talks about going beyond our being comfortable. The ends of your. I hope you've gotten that out of this message. Uh, the, one of the practical ways uh, I asked your church to be able to share that you can go to the ends of the earth is you know, my this has been a, a place for ministry for me for 30 years. I can't tell you the whole story because it's too long, but I ran into them and I, and I loved children. I really loved children. Uh, and they had two houses, one in the city of Chicago, in the city of Chicago, one in the city of Guatemala, and one in the jungle for children over two. And uh, I used to sponsor them the one zero to two. But then a sinkhole opened up in the middle of Guatemala and swallowed up, you know, a couple of blocks. So I don't know if you heard about that or not. Uh, but they had to move all the children to. In the jungle, and that, that's a, a problem because in the jungle with diapers, you, you develop diaper rash and infections out of diaper rash. So we started then having a different kind of relationship where I was bringing all this medicine to Guatemala. Right, I visit Guatemala every year, and what I've done is I've released albums like with my friends that are telling you about, do concerts, and collect all of that to go towards towards the the orphanage. The problem is I have not been able to do that. Because, first of all, we had COVID, and before COVID, I was a superintendent. I was trying to get every, every, everything else done, so I haven't done any concerts. I'm really rusty right now, and, uh, and I love performing. I love doing my music. I only perform my own music. And um, well, Casa Guatemala, it, it's been this, this great place for me to, 
to be able to uh, show faith. And let me, you can only get there by boat, by the way. It's called, I don't know if you know the Rio Dulce area in Salan. Yeah, that's where that is. And it, it's about 45 minutes from the main bridge there. And that's me, just in case you wanted to know where I was. <laughs> so that's me. And, uh, and it's on stilts because it does, uh, the water does rise. And I, you can tell I have a few more pounds there, but that's okay. And uh, again, all these children, I told you we only have 120 orphans, but we, we service about 600 kids because we have people in surrounding villages that cannot really afford much. So we allow them to live in the, in, in the orphanage and, and we house them and we, we give them three meals. And one of the reasons why I sell CDs at fifteen dollars is because I did all the all, all the additions. And for if you buy a CD, you feed a child for two weeks, three meals a day. So I, I love giving people that opportunity. Okay. Um, and you know, I I've stayed there a couple of times, but you know I'm fifty four years old now, so my back just really cannot take this the the, the, uh, this kind of the beds. Uh, and you know, there are bathrooms and all of that. We, we have a nurse that comes in once a week to take care of the kids. And we have a dentist. Uh, we, I don't, do you know Rafael uh, Sama in his church? Uh, they, they are there right now. That's one of our church friends that meets in Canton Hills near Elgin. And they're there right now in, uh, helping you know, either paint or take care of kids. Their big job was to take the kids to the dentist in town. So, and we, we paid for that as well. So these are some of our kids. I usually go in December, but not all of the kids are there, only the kids that live there. And, uh, you know, I, I could have been one of these kids. I look just like me. And I would have liked, if, if I was in that sort of place, for someone to take care of me. And then these are my three amigos. Pastor Roberto Guione from Simi Valley, California. Pastor Abraham Mejorano from uh, Norwich, California. And Oscar, my uh, oldest friend. He's been my friend for 45 years. 46 years. We met in the womb. <laughs> and uh, this, is, this is what I wanted to show you. Remember when I was going up the hill and I was like, this is the last year I'm doing this? Yeah. That's what I found that I'm like, I've been 30 more years. <laughs> And uh, just what a joy. They have so many dogs. Guatemala has so many dogs. I want you to know. And, uh, and of course, you know, they're, they're, they kind of do that. I wanted to sing a song this morning. Would that be okay? Yeah? Uh, that doesn't sound like Thank you. 
está lo mejor para mí. Algunos no quieren valorarse y no saben cómo poder amar. ¿Por qué gritar? ¿Por qué llorar? Si la verdad siempre es mejor, la gente enseña lo que es por atención. Para gritar tu corazón, se va nuevo un montón, por en sus colores como puedes que te traicione a alguien con el cual conviviste de verdad me diste el amor de un hermano me confiaste con tu seguridad a pesar de que la vida sigue ese gran dolor basta solo a Cristo que tiene cuenta lo que es el traicionado más de mil porque gritar porque llorar si la verdad siempre es mejor la gente enseña lo que es con la Tell you one last story and we're done. We're done for today. 
Thank you for putting up with me this whole week, my goodness. After you go in here, you're like, okay, I don't want to hear about the accent anymore, or, or colores, whatever that is. Colores. We're telling you a bass player. Where's your bass player? There you are. Uh, and he's like, how do you write songs? And I go, you know, it's even different. I'm not a salsa guy. By the way, in Colombia, did I pass the test? Was that good? Okay, good. Because Colombia is the place for salsa, you know? And salsa is that kind of genre of music that we're looking at. And, uh, you know, I'm a rock and roll guy. You know, I, I, I grew up with heavy metal in the 80s. And I had long hair and, and then I had earrings. I'm serious, I did. I'm not joking. You're like, yeah, come on. Yeah. That's how we say no in Spanish, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Did they know that? Did they know that? That's how we say no in Spanish. <laughs> yeah, I want a lot of. Anyway, so uh, I was talking to a friend who was let down severely by one of our friends, a friend who betrayed him. And I go, you know, when people show you their colors, you need to believe them. In Spanish, it sounds better, right? But I did the same to Scolores. In English, is when people show you, the, you know, their fruit, their actions, believe them, right? And he goes, man, that, that sounds like a song. Oh, okay, maybe. And then I went to this, I was going to the studio that day, and, you know, I looked at, uh, grabbed my guitar, A minor. And then I ended up saying, Jesus, Colores. And I go, oh, well, you, you can be, I think it was 114. You know, did a, a, what we call a ghost track, which is the first voice track that you do for your recording. And then I go, I don't really know what that is. And my producer goes, you know, that sounds like salsa. And I'm like, I don't know, I'm not a salsa guy. And he goes, well, let me see what I can do. I came back a week later, he had this set up already. And I'm like, oh, I feel like Mark Anthony. <laughs> Ricky Martin at the same time. <laughs> And believe it or not, it's, it's been top 10 for the last three months in El Salvador, out of all places. <laughs> not in Colombia, <laughs> but in El Salvador. I did one television appearance in, in El Salvador, and, you know, did the music. So if I can ask you, if you, if you don't buy a CD today, would you play it on your iTunes, on your Spotify, on your Apple? Hey, I, would, I would appreciate that someone listen to it. Okay. Um, what was I going to tell you? I'm going to tell you about this story. So, I, I was in San Diego. I have a friend of mine who also has an orphanage in Tanzania, in Arusha. Um, and he came to the church, and I didn't let him speak because I know he was going to take three and a half hours, right? So I didn't let him speak, but I didn't give, I told him to give testimony. He still took 30 minutes, but. But all, you know, he talked about it, people were just really moved by his testimony. They had a lot of kids, and all they wanted was to, uh, one way of how they could help the kids, right? So as he was sitting down, he said, everybody, can you just help me pray? I want the Lord to give us a cow. And then he said, down. No, man. Okay? And I go, why a cow? He goes, well, you know, if we had a cow, we could harvest the milk, make cheese, salad, but also, the kids would be able to taste milk for the first time. Doesn't that hit you? You know what I remember? Every time I say that, it reminds me of that many times I've thrown away gallons of milk. Because nobody drank it in the house. Kids are so weird. You buy bananas, they're, they're gone in the next five minutes. You buy bananas the next week, nobody touches them. <laughs> no, am I alone here? My kids are the only weird ones. <laughs> so I said, how much is a cup? 
Let's buy a house. And I said something I had never said to church before. Let's buy a house. <laughs> so we picked up a love offering. We bought three cows. So he sent me a picture. That's not the picture, by the way. <laughs> he sent me a horrible picture. I go, no one's going to want to donate a cow like that. So I put this, it's a symbolic cow. And he goes, you went to churches. What is the name of your first church? I go, Grace Covenant. And he's like, this cow, we're going to name it Grace Covenant. I'm like, oh, come on. Come on. <laughs> The second guy we're gonna name after your Latina church. What's the Latina church? Iglesia del Pacto Nueva Visión. Oh, no, that's this. It's called Vision. I go, it's not French, it's Spanish, it's Vision. Yeah, Vision, right? And I'm like, okay, so Vision is in the middle of Tanzania somewhere. And I go, and I hope you don't mind, the third one, we're gonna name it Pastor Danny. <laughs> So I want to encourage you to do that. 